This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey guys, welcome to my channel. My name is Dr. Tom LaHue, and we're going to be talking about the Enneagram today and what makes every type attractive to other people. Now, maybe I'm not the best guy to make this video. Uh, maybe it should be some kind of model or superstar but uh, at least I know a little bit about the Enneagram and I just want to have fun with it and explore uh, some ideas or some concepts that maybe you've never thought about or uh, never considered before. But I think everybody can be very attractive in their own way. Now, I'm not saying necessarily sexy, although that may be the case, but I just mean there are certain principles in life that make us attractive to other people. Uh, think of it as like people want to be around you. People want to be in your space or like around your energy. And there are certain kind of proven things that tend to make people more attractive than others. And every type has, you know, an advantage in certain areas and maybe some disadvantages in others. So this is just a fun video to use the Enneagram in another way than maybe we've ever really thought about before. So before we jump into this uh, video, just a reminder in the description below is a link to my website, TomLahue.com. I do offer Enneagram and relationship coaching based on the Enneagram. It's a great tool to help us know more about ourselves, uh, see our blind spots, and uh, you know when we get stuck in life and we're not sure what to do next or we've lost our purpose, um, or maybe our relationships, our significant relationships, like our marriage isn't easy anymore and it's getting uncomfortable. The Enneagram can be a great tool to help us see what we might not see otherwise and to see a way forward in life. Check out my website and also I've got some live Zoom classes coming up on Enneagram coaching, Enneagram relationship coaching, and as always, my on-demand library just continues to expand. So if you're interested in learning more about the Enneagram, Check out my website, TomLahue.com. Um, all right, so let's jump into this topic today. And I see this being broken up into two sections. This is probably going to be a, a long video, but the first section is, what are some general characteristics that we find attractive in other people? Go through that list first, talk about those, and then in the second half of this video, we will move on to each Enneagram type you know, kind of like the superpower you have specifically uh, and how people might perceive you based on your Enneagram type, how they might become attracted to you. All right, so let's, I got a list here in front of me. So if you see me looking down, I'm looking at my notes. Uh, and let's talk about some general characteristics that people um, traditionally find to be attractive. Now I realize everybody's different. Everybody's got their own taste. And uh, probably, you know, no list is going to be exhaustive enough. But I just came up with 10 things that we all tend to find attractive, universally appealing, no matter what culture you're in. Number one on that list is going to be confidence. Confidence. People are attracted to somebody who seems to know what they're doing. Somebody who displays and demonstrates confidence. Not somebody who's always questioning, uh, you know, careful, afraid to make mistakes hesitant. We all can feel that way inside sometimes, but people tend to be attracted to somebody who demonstrates a certain level of confidence. Displaying self-assurance without arrogance. So confident, yes. Arrogance, no. Is universally appealing. So confidence in your ability, confidence in your plan, in what you're doing, confidence in your appearance, 
uh, and in your decisions. All of these things draw people to you. Now, when you think about confidence, are there any, any, any Enneagram types that come to your mind that may demonstrate confidence a little easier than some others? You know, for example, you might think of sixes sometimes having a problem with feeling confident or feeling assurance. So confidence could be something that sixes have to work on, but and maybe self-preservation ones, you know, the anxious ones, the perfectionist. Uh, you know, and so there's there's plenty of types that are going to struggle with confidence. You know, fives sometimes could struggle with confidence. That whole line to eight is about them gaining that confidence to feel like they know enough to be able to take action and move forward. But when I think about the confident types, generally speaking, I'm thinking probably threes, sevens, eights some ones, and some fives, if they're very confident about their information, I think those types would maybe have a little bit of advantage in demonstrating confidence to other people. Now, every one of us can work on this. I'm not saying if you're a nine or you're a six, for example, or a four, you can't have confidence. You certainly can. Just notice it may be something that you have to work on a little bit more. All right, number two, a sense of humor. I got a million of them. Okay, a sense of humor. Now, being able to laugh, being able to have some joy, being able to, you know, be a little bit lighthearted, to see the humorous side of things, um, that is a very attractive quality. You know, if you ask the average wife or husband, what do you love about your spouse? You're probably going to hear, you know, something like, well, they make me laugh. Um, and it can be... Uh, difficult sometimes for us to see the positive lining in challenging situations. So a good sense of humor often signifies a positive outlook in life. So when you think about the Enneagram, you know, you might think about what types tend to be more positive. Okay, there we are again with sevens um, and probably some eights, maybe some nines. Two sometimes can be very positive. Um, and, you know, fives could have a, a rather dry sense of humor, but a good sense of humor. All of us, again, could have a good sense of humor, and we ought to work on that. But it's just going to come naturally to some of the Enneagram types. Now, again, let me say, we're just going through a list of universally attractive characteristics about anybody. And then when we get done with this list, when we go through all 10, we're going to then take each Enneagram type and dissect it. So what is it that's attractive about type 1? What is it that's attractive about type 2s? And, and so on. So let's just make sure, I just want to make sure you understand how this video is going to be laid out. All right, number three, <clears throat> something else that's universally attractive, a characteristic about others, is the ability to demonstrate empathy or you could say sympathy or empathy, feeling uh, what other people are feeling and being diplomatic and careful with people's feelings. The ability to understand and share the feelings of others and showing compassion and emotional depth is a trait that deeply resonates with many people. I mean, think what would the opposite be? Like being cold, calloused, sterile, unfeeling. I mean, that doesn't sound very attractive somebody that's sympathetic to other people, you know, that takes a minute to pause their schedule to offer aid or help to it or assistance to another person, very attractive quality. And of course, when you think about who on the Enneagram would be very empathetic, I think of type twos, type fours, perhaps, and maybe some type nines would tend to be very empathetic people. Now, again, not every one of those types not every person who is a two or a four or a nine is going to be an empathetic person. But generally speaking, I could see a lot of twos, fours, and nines being very empathetic uh, toward other people's feelings. It doesn't mean they can't get mad at them. It doesn't mean they can't show themselves or get angry. It's just they might have a natural inclination or a natural advantage in being a person of empathy. So what have we got so far? Confidence. We've got a sense of humor. We've got empathy. Oh, I'm sorry that that happened to you. And now we've got number four, intelligence. Intelligence. I mean, you want to be around somebody who has something to talk about, somebody who is informed, somebody that's not, you know, wearing a dunce cap, 
Okay, and so intelligence, um, intellectual stimulation is a key aspect uh, for attracting uh, other people. This includes both academic knowledge and maybe you might say emotional intelligence. And so having something to talk about, being an interesting person, talking about more than just football and the weather, uh, you know, people that are intellectual can be, uh, can be seen as being very attractive. Now, who are the intelligent people? The ones that come to mind for me is probably a lot of ones, probably a lot of those social ones, the owner of the truth, the know-it-all ones. Uh, a lot of fives, that's probably the first one we're going to think of is fives. They have this, you know, desire to be seen as someone competent in their information and intelligence. That's the obvious one. And then probably some sixes, a lot of six-wing fives, um, and then maybe even some threes, and then a lot of the rest of us too. But those, I think, would have the advantage for intelligence. Now, what else is attractive? Number five is passion. Passion, yes. Being somebody that is excited about something, someone that's enthusiastic about their job or enthusiastic about their hobbies or their career, Somebody who's living life with some level of enthusiasm and excitement. Being passionate about something, whether it's a hobby, it could be snow skiing or jet skiing or music. Being passionate about your job or a cause that you believe in, that can be very attractive, very appealing to other people. It shows that there's a depth of character and a commitment to something beyond yourself, like living life with purpose. You know, the truth is a lot of people don't really live on purpose. It's kind of like they don't have any clear tracks in front of them. And when you come along and you seem very motivated, very driven, very passionate, very called to who you are and what you do, other people, that's very attractive because they, they might be missing that in their life. And they think, wow, whatever that person's got, I need some more of that. So passion, living life with passion. Now, who comes to your mind when you think about being passionate? Well, I can't help but say sevens again. I mean, we are called the enthusiast and we can get very unpassionate when we're frustrated and, you know, we can't do all the things. We can get very, you know, negative, but our tendency is to be passionate, positive, enthusiastic people. We get actually very nervous when there's not something to be enthusiastic about. I think a lot of ones could be very passionate people driven toward improving and and uh, you know integrity. I think threes could be very passionate people. Fours could be extremely passionate people. And of course, eights. Eights could be very passionate. So on my list, the ones that kind of uh, come to the top, I think, is obvious passionate people. Ones, threes, fours, sevens, and eights. Not that you can't be a passionate person. Please do. Please become a passionate person. Find something you care about and then Learn more about it and talk about it with other people. But just notice a couple of us on the Enneagram, we already do this, you know, even when people don't want us to. And fives can be very passionate as well about their information or about something that they, they care about. All right, number six is authenticity. Number six is authenticity. So think on the Myers-Briggs, think you NFP people. Very focused on being authentic, especially FP. If you're an INFP, ENFP, ESFP, all those FP people are very focused on being true to themselves and authentic to themselves, listening to their internal compass, right? Being genuine and true to yourself without trying to be someone else to impress others is a quality that most people find attractive. Being like a solid person who knows who you are and you live by your own set of rules and values and you don't just blow with the wind to whatever people want you to be and being true to that, that you know has this strength to it that people find attractive. Now, what do I think of? I think of type ones, okay? Even though they're often ISTJs and that kind of thing, ones could be very true to their authentic beliefs about things. Fours, of course, Fours could be very focused on being true to themselves. A lot of fives, a lot of eights. Um, you know, I could see all of those as being rising to the top of the authenticity. Maybe some sevens. All right, number seven, kindness. Kindness. I mean, sometimes we make this more complicated than it needs to be. Just be nice. Be a nice person. 
Think about other people. Empathize with them like we talked about before, but then just demonstrate friendliness and grace to other people. When you walk in and you walk into the door and you see people, acknowledge them. Is that so hard? Just acknowledge them and say, hey, it's good to see you. How are you doing? Did you have a good weekend? Just taking a second to think of other people and to be kind. Sometimes it may require going the extra step, but a lot of times it's just taking a minute out of your day to recognize that another person exists. That can be hard for a lot of self-preservation sevens, but kindness, I think of obviously number twos, type twos, you know, the giver, the helper, the befriender, the connector. When twos are doing great, or sometimes when they're under stress, they're very outgoing, warm, friendly, and kind. When twos are upset with you, they will suck all that stuff down and they will treat you like you're not even a person. I'm looking at you twos. Kindness, that's the hallmark of type twos. And also a lot of sixes, especially self-preservation sixes, the warm and friendly six that's pulling a team together of support. And a lot of types, I th a lot of types, I think, could be kind at good points in their life, you know, um, and then maybe all of us could work on it at other times. But the ones that come to my mind, a lot of nine wing ones could be very kind people, um, a lot of twos, a lot of sixes. And of course, fours could be kind, sevens could be kind, you know, but I think those three, you know, Two, six, nine. They, they probably come to the top in my list. I'm probably going to get a lot of hate over this video. You're going to say, what, Tom? You're saying we're not kind? And then they leave me seven comments that are mean-spirited. I'm like, well, there you go. Right there. You left all this mean, nasty stuff. Maybe you're not that kind. All right, number eight, active listening skills. Active listening skills. Man, we talk so much. I'm the worst. We talk so much, and we don't very much listen to people. While they're talking, we're formulating our answer. While we're, they're talking, we're moving on in our head to what we want to talk about. I have a hard time with this, but being able to really listen to somebody else, to slow down long enough to let them process and talk and never make them have to say, and, and, um, and, and, you know, let them just relax, enjoy the conversation, active listening skills, the ability to listen attentively to other people, it's going to set you apart because people don't do this. In our culture, everybody's talking about me, me. Let me tell you about me. Let me tell you about what I found. Let me tell you about mine. Let me tell you about what I did, my kid, my problems, my marriage, my... If you will become somebody that shows up to others in a listening way, you are one out of a hundred. People will seek you out. They will gravitate toward you. They may not even know what it is about you, but they just know you're different. The reason you're different is that you don't rush them. You allow them to formulate their thoughts and to really share what's going on in their life. People need an audience for all their chaos that's going on in their life, and they want somebody to listen to them and probably help them realize they're not crazy. No, you're not crazy. That makes a lot of sense. So active listening, other people want to feel heard. Nobody's listening. And so if you show up in this listening energy, you will help people. Just even if you don't give any advice, just listen to what they're saying and then say, wow, I can't even imagine. Wow, that sounds very difficult. What did you do next? How did that make you feel? Well, it sounds like this is that. Am I understanding that right? What, what do you want to see different? Asking questions and listening. Listen, I'm telling you guys, people don't show up this way. Now, some people do. Some people do naturally. I would tell you that a lot of twos probably do this well. I think sometimes healthy fours, the healers, they could show up this way and really help you process through some of your difficult stuff. I think a lot of nines, that's probably the one I, I should mention first is nines, especially nine wing ones. Could, you know, they're just wired like therapists, you know? It's like how you're wired. Other people's problems are important. Other people's lives are important. Other people's stuff is important. I need to try to understand that. And one of the things that's strange about nines is the person that probably needs the most an advisor in their life shows up in the world as an advisor to everyone else. It's crazy. In fact, one of the names of a nine is the advisor, the referee, the advisor, the peacemaker, um, the dreamer. I mean, these are... So twos, fours, and nines, I think, you know, already kind of show up with that active listening 
They could. They don't have to. You may find, you may think, I'm married to a four, I'm married to a nine. They never listen to me. Again, we're all different. We're speaking in generalities here. All right? Relax. Number nine. Okay. This is probably the obvious one. What is it that makes you attractive to somebody else? Number nine, physical appearance. Physical appearance, the way you look. And so much of this is, you know, personal or cultural. Uh, what is not attractive to one person is attractive to another person. I mean, some people will look at me and they'll be like, bald head, ugh, you know, or beard, ugh, or, you know, uh, brown eyes. Ugh. But everybody's got their own taste. Everybody's got their own perspective of what they find attractive. Um, while subjective and varied uh, as it is, we have to admit that physical attraction does play a role in whether or not somebody is attracted to you or not. This includes not just the innate features, but also how you take care of yourself. You know, let me just say the word grooming for men. I don't know what the right word is for women. I've raised four daughters, but I mean, uh, beauty regiment. Um, but, you know, I think even guys, you could be, you could be too groomed where you just kind of look, you know, artificial where every hair is in place and it's just a little like too much attention to this. But I mean, you know, I mean, there's obvious things that most people are attracted to people that look athletic, um, people that look healthy, people that, uh, take care of themselves. They eat a good diet. They have a kind of a glow about them. And nobody, nobody is attracted to somebody sitting on the couch with pizza all over their shirt and crumbs, you know, Cheeto dust in their beard. I mean, that's just not attractive. Uh, so I always say, you know, if there's something you can do, then we probably should do it. You know, I mean, like we should do the basics, brush your teeth, wear deodorant, comb your hair, floss your teeth, get the crust out of your eyes. You know, I mean, you don't have to wear a fragrance, but you do need to wear deodorant. Just the basics, right? And you can always work on making yourself a little more physically attractive. Maybe you should spend more time in the gym. Maybe you should at least walk a little bit, um, you know, and try to eat a little bit healthier. But all of us could paint the barn a little bit, you know. And so now what types? I, I think, of course, threes are going to probably care about this, especially three wing twos, maybe three wing fours. But threes, I think you're going to care about this. And the rest, you know, I don't really know. I think this one's a little bit of a wild card. Like, I think at different times in our life, maybe if you're single or if you're in your teenage years, this might be a much stronger priority. It was for me. When I was a teenager, I was very focused on how I looked and I cared about it. Um, but, you know, as I've gotten older and married for 30 years, you start to not care so much about these things. But... Anyway, um, I think this one's kind of a wild card. Like, I think you could probably find people in all types that are very focused on how they look. I've known some ones that are very focused on being, you know, uh, the ideal person, you know, the Superman. And, uh, and I've known a lot of ones that, that aren't. Okay, don't care at all. All right, number 10. So I get the point about ones is all of us. I think I think you'd find sevens that are very focused on physical appearance and sevens that aren't. Eights that are, eights that aren't. Sixes that are, sixes that aren't. Fives that are, fives that aren't. I mean, you, I think I think this one's a little bit of a wild card. And number ten, the last one in this list of universally attract attractive characteristic or features about us. Number ten is a positive attitude. Positive attitude. A positive and optimistic outlook can be infectious. It's often found very attractive by other people. It signifies resilience and a capacity to find joy and hope even in difficult situations. So not only the, the, the ability to have a sense of humor to make people laugh, but just a general positive outlook. Somebody that doesn't get weighed down all the time with all the serious, heavy frustrations of life, but somebody that's lighthearted, easygoing, positive, it helps other people relax around you. They're like, hey, everything's going to be okay because Tom's here. Look, there he is. He's smiling. He's kind of bouncing when he walks. He's whistling to himself. There's this positive energy that makes people feel more relaxed and at ease and kind-hearted, and it's just a beautiful thing if you could be more positive in life. Well, how would I be more positive? Stop focusing on all the negative. Start your day off with thinking about all the things you have to be grateful for. 
So who would demonstrate positive outlook? I know you're saying sevens again. Stop, stop. I know, sevens, we're, we're so attractive. We just can't stop ourselves. Twos, yes. Good, healthy twos could be very positive. Threes, yeah, especially three-winged twos. I mean, th these are the salespeople on the Enneagram. Sevens and threes. Um, nines, yes, positive outlook nines, especially nine-winged ones can be very positive. But again, all of us can be positive. So what were the 10 things? Let's just review. 10 characteristics that are universally attractive to most people. Universally to most people. Confidence, number one. Self, uh, a sense of humor, number two. Empathy, number three. Four, intelligence. Five, passion. Living with passion. Six, authenticity. Seven, kindness. Eight, active listening skills. Nine, physical appearance. And ten, positive attitude. All right, now, this is the second half of the video. In this video, what we're going to do is we're going to go through each type and we're going to talk about... Um, what is it about this type that might be attractive to other people? Are there some inherent qualities about type 1s, for example, or type 2s that might come across as seductive or attractive or, dare I say, sexy for each of the Enneagram types? So, again, this is meant to have a little bit of fun. Uh, take me serious, but not too serious. And let's just kind of explore uh, maybe some archetypes, maybe that's a good word, some archetypes of each type, uh, kind that you see over and over in films that, you know, portray a person as attractive or as, uh, what's the girl, what's the lady my girls like to watch? Attractive? I can't remember her name. She'll come to me in a minute. Oh, Miranda. Miranda sings. What is it that makes each type attractive? Okay, well, type ones, let's start with them and we'll go one, two, three, all the way to nine. Type ones, you say, well, type ones can't be attractive. They're far too uh, judgmental and harsh and angry to be attractive. Oh, no, 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 no. The perfectionist, the reformer, um, the, um, um, uh, what's the other word? Perfectionist, reformer, and owner of the truth definitely can be attractive the noble crusader. Okay, now, um, their integrity and their principled nature have a dignified allure about them. Integrity and reliability. Ones attract others through their strong sense of right and wrong and their dedication to improving the world around them. So their integrity and their ethical standards, their moral compass, their clean uniform, you know, their uh, uh, badge and their, um, uh, their pilot wings. Think of that military guy with the, you know, perfect uniform, the Marine, the pilot, the police officer, the firefighter. Um, all of that can be very attractive to other people. Ones might exude a kind of disciplined and controlled sexuality. Their attention to detail and a desire for quality over quantity could be perceived as a refined and thoughtful approach to interactions. They may be attracted uh, to interactions where there's a feeling of meaningful uh, and are approached with a sense of respect and integrity. Now, when I think about the archetype for this, I already mentioned the cop, the firefighter, you know, that kind of thing. But also I think of kind of like, forgive me if I say it, like the hot teacher. You know that teacher when you were in high school that you had a crush on that uh, was disciplined and focused and you always kind of wondered, like, do they have this other side about them? Because I think I've seen this other side, this playful side, you know, that line to seven. Do they have this sweet wing too? Do they have this playful side? Because they tend to look so stern. They tend to look so, you know, restricted and judgmental. And you kind of wonder, like, and I just think of, like, you know, that image that you see in movies of the hot teacher that the boys have a crush on or the firefighter, cop, uh, soldier, you know, that the girls have a crush on. There we go. I think that's a good example of how type ones can be attractive. All right, type twos. Well, come on, type twos. I mean, that's the whole thing, right? Twos are attractive. They, they allure you. They are the femme fatale. They draw you in like a spider. They, they weave their web 
of niceness and attention and kindness and it could feel like they're flirting with you. They may not even see it that way. They may not perceive that they're flirting with you, but it could feel like they're flirting because most people don't give you this kind of attention. Most people don't give you this kind of warmth or this focus of their attention. And so if you're a two, I bet you've been accused of flirting with people when you thought, no, I was just being nice. I, I don't know why they, they perceived it as I was trying to you know, put, the, put the hit on them, but I wasn't. But type twos, you know, the nurturing confidant, their warmth and their caring demeanor are deeply attractive. You know, think of like the uh, attentive receptionist, you know, that uh, stops you and talks to you. And, and notice they talk to you about you and your life and your adventures. And they tend to focus the attention on you and what's going on with you so warm and generous and they focus this great attention on you and man that feels overwhelming it feels fantastic you think i want more of this around me and that's kind of the way twos have this reciprocal sort of uh, nature about them where they endear themselves to you and they find a sense of value and purpose in being somebody that you like and somebody you enjoy being around and somebody that you find necessary in your life so twos tend to have a nurturing and caring nature about them that draws people to them. And let's just face it, people like me, there's a lot of people out there that need a lot of nurturing. And so you're attracted to somebody who's, who's kind of promising in the way they interact with you that they're going to take care of you and nurture you. You're like sucked in like a moth to a flame. Their ability to make others feel loved and supported is a key attractive trait. Twos often exude a nurturing and attentive sexuality about them. They're likely to be focused on their partner's needs and desires. And let's face it, who doesn't want that? Seeking to please and create a deeply intimate connection, their warmth and emotional availability can be very appealing. Okay, so what is the archetype or the stereotype for the attractive two? Well, I think probably the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, like think of the nurse you know, uh, that's, you'll see that over and over again in shows. You know, what kind of what I was thinking about is like, if you were to go to a Halloween store and you're going to buy all these, you know, ridiculous costumes, what are the stupid costumes that you're going to see over and over again? You're going to see like the zombie cheerleader and the pirate, you know, but there's this whole line of kind of costumes that are made for women and, and you know, like the nurse, right? Or the maid, the French maid. Uh, this is the kind of archetype that comes to mind, sort of like Stacy's mom. You know, you know the song, Stacy's mom's got it going on. That's the two. Like, let me take care of you. Let me nurture you. Wink, wink, wink. Nod, nod, nod. You know, okay. Tom, you're getting creepy. I can hear my daughter say, dad, you're so cringy. Cringy. Okay. Well, hey, I don't know what's worse. Me talking about this stuff or you watching it? All right. Type threes. How are type threes attractive? Well, I mean, who doesn't want to be next to the, uh, to the superstar? Who doesn't want to be next to the athlete, you know, that is um, strong and capable and pushing the limits and testing themselves? This is very attractive. Their confidence and their success draw others to them. Remember, confidence is very important in attractive people. And charisma, and threes can exude this confidence and charisma. Uh, and success, which can be highly compelling and attractive to other people. Their ambition and their drive, coupled with their charisma, often make them stand out in any crowd. And isn't that kind of the whole thing when you're in the worth and value group threes? They stand out. They stand apart. I'm not like other people. I'm exceptional. Okay, and that's going to make people attracted to you. They may be drawn to uh, interactions and experiences that boost their self-esteem, and their sense of desirability, their charm. The three-wing two is called the charmer. Come on. That literally means attractive, charming people. Focusing on what people want and then becoming the best versions of that to charm and allure people. It's literally in the name. Uh, and the tendency to focus on their appearance and how they're being perceived by other people and always regulating how they're being perceived by other people I mean, they are hardwired to be attractive people or to know how to attract people. Uh, it may not be their value. They may be more focused on 
uh, success in other ways, but certainly threes are wired to know and to focus on how to make themselves more attractive, whether that's a candidate or whether that's a date. A candidate for an office, you know, for example, or a, a hire for a company, or whether that's to attract the opposite sex. So, um, the millionaire executive, that comes to mind, you know, I mean, you, you see that example over and over again in movies, you know, the uh, 50-year-old gray hair on the sides with the beautiful suit, you know, holding a bottle of scotch and a cigar, and just kind of, you know, uh, a millionaire, you know, the James Bond type, you know, or the, the guy with the Corvette, or the guy on the yacht, you know, with the flipped up collar and the hairy chest and the gold medallion, the athlete, the cheerleader, okay? Just think about the mean girls, the cheerleaders, okay? That is type three kind of stuff. Um, very attractive. Uh, the athlete, you know, the jock, the, the, the football player, very attractive, right? Okay, so let's look at type fours. Fours, are you attractive? Sure you are. The individualist, the, uh, uh, the romantic. Hey, there you go, romantic. It's right there, right in front of you this whole time. The depth and authenticity of the, of the four has a unique, intriguing appeal. Again, you stand out, maybe not in the same way a two does, or maybe not in the same way a three does, but you do stand out as somebody who's interesting. Hmm, that's different. I want to get closer to this person. What is it that makes them tick? They don't seem to care what other people think so much. They seem to like stuff that others I've never heard of. What are they into? Why do they look that way? Why do they dress that way? Fours attract others with their authenticity and their emotional depth. Their unique perspective and creativity can be intriguing and appealing, drawing others in to their distinctiveness. Fours often exude a deep, intense, and somewhat enigmatic sexuality. They're likely to value emotional depth and authenticity in their interactions with other people and might be drawn to unconventional or highly personalized expressions of their intimacy and closeness with another person. So what comes to mind when I think about the archetype or the trope or whatever you want to call this for each of these types and, and specifically for the four? Well, you know, the mysterious one, that loner, that mysterious girl, uh, that mysterious guy that kind of, you know, looms uh, on, on the sides of, of the group. I think about, like, for example, the cat woman. Now, not the cat lady. Not the cat lady. That's probably a six or a nine. I'm not talking about the cat lady. You know, the lady with all the cats, you know, and the house smells like cats. No, cat woman. The Maleficent, you know, the Catwoman. Uh, you think about Batman and Catwoman, she's probably a four. Or, I've never seen this movie, so I can't, and you know, I'm not speaking from experience here, but the whole Fifty Shades kind of genre, you know, that's very four-like kind of stuff. Um, and that is attractive. Uh, that mysterious, alluring, sensual, unique, different... Um, on the outskirts, it's very attractive to, to, to a lot of people. All right, type fives. Fives? Fives are saying, I don't even think about this. I don't even care about it. Se sexual fives. Sexual fives, maybe, but okay. Fives, the investigator, the enigmatic intellectual. Their intelligence uh, can have a sort of mysterious nature about it. Just the fact that they're... They don't care necessarily about the social norms. There's a certain confidence in that that's alluring, like this person marches to the beat of their own drum, which is often very true of fives. Uh, insightfulness and intelligence, fives have a deep well of knowledge and curiosity that can be very attractive. As they get excited about their interests and share those interests, that can be very attractive. Their insight and thoughtful nature often draws people who appreciate intellectual depth and their perspective, or introspection, we might say. Fives might have a more cerebral and intellectual approach to sexuality. 
This could be curious explorers. They could be curious explorers of intimacy and relationships and experiences, but also may need some space and time to feel more comfortable with all of the close personal interaction. Somebody told me a long time ago that being a five in a relationship, you know, when a five decides to have a relationship with you, uh, they are deciding that you are so special and wonderful that you are worth the trouble that being in a relationship will cause them. Because being in a relationship opens you up and fives tend to be kind of guarded. And that whole guarded thing can be attractive. I mean, think of like Ron Swanson on Parks and Recreation, the mustache, the whiskey, the cigar, and just that sense of not caring what other people think, like an eight, similar to that. That nobility or that, you know, could be attractive to a lot of people. Not that I'm saying Ron Swanson is attractive. Don't get me wrong. Whatever. Okay. But, you know, that whole professor vibe that fives sometimes have. A lot of students are attracted to their professors. I mean, look at the whole Indiana Jones. I don't think Indiana Jones is a five. But, you know, when he's in that professor mode, what does he have? Those girls up on the front row, you know, with their eyes. They've got written love you on their eyes. You know, they're... they're fawning over and swooning over their professor. I think that's kind of the archetype or the trope attractiveness of fives. Or, you know, the whole nerd and geek thing. You know, like the whole revenge of the nerds thing. I'm not saying all fives are nerds. I'm not saying that. Relax. But I'm just saying a lot of people are kind of attracted to that awkward, you know, person that doesn't follow social norms so exclusively and restrictively. So the the, you might say like the, the librarian, uh, kind of like the hot teacher of one, the hot librarian. Okay. All right. I know I'm doing the best I can here. All right. Type sixes, the loyalist, the reliable companion, their loyalty and genuine nature are reassuringly attractive. People are attracted to somebody who's loyal and committed and a part of the group and makes you feel like you're at home, makes you feel like you're with family, makes you feel welcome, makes you feel like you're a part of the group. Sixes are known for their loyalty and their steadfastness, their commitment to relationships, and this can create a deep sense of security and trust, attracting others to their dependability. Sixes might exude a protective and committed sexuality, um, you know, think like the big, the big truck with the giant wheels and the American flag and America. You know, that is very attractive. Uh, that sense of uh, belonging, that sense of knowing where somebody stands. They often seek trust and security as a foundation for uh, intimate expression. Their loyalty and dedication can be a significant part of their appeal. I think of the archetype for a six as kind of being the girl next door. The girl next door, you know, the, the normal person that you might look over and then one day they took off their glasses and shazam! One day they, uh, you know, they, you, they got ready for prom and shazam! You didn't realize that there was this beautiful person right there the whole time. You know, they were, they've been wearing Crocs. They've been wearing, uh, you know, cutoffs and Crocs. And now you see them and you're like, wow, the girl next door, Daisy Duke. Good example, I think, of that. Okay. All right. Type 7. This one's so easy, we don't even need to talk about it. Of course, Type seven's attractive. Don't even need to talk about it. The enthusiast, the adventurous free spirit. Their zest for life, their spontaneity can be infectious. Enthusiasm and optimism. Uh, sevens have an infectious energy and an optimism for life that can be highly attractive. They have a confidence about them. They just walk in. What's up, guys? What's up, guys? Hey, you know, they got a, uh, that draws other people to them. Sevens likely have an adventurous and spontaneous approach to, to intimate relationships. You know, I mean, uh, because we want to have fun and we focus on it. When you interact with them, you're probably having fun. So you feel better and you think, wow, I love to be around this person because every time I get with them, we are doing fun things. It can be hard, though, if you try to slow them down and work through some problems. They may not be so ready to show up to that kind of work in a relationship, which all relationships require. They might be drawn to new and varied experiences and can bring a sense of fun and excitement into that relationship. Sevens can be very attractive because they're positive, upbeat, and they, they are doing fun things. And let's go do fun things together. 
your recreational companion is right here. So when I think of the archetype for the attractive seven, I think of the Don Juan, or you might say the ladies man, uh, or the free-spirited girl, right? Um, I think ultimately it's the rock star. It is the, the, the archetype of the rock star. And, you know, up on a stage, having a good time, not taking life too seriously, the Jimmy Buffett kind of lifestyle, and people are attracted to that. People are attracted to that kind of infectious, enthusiastic energy, and there you have it. All right, uh, type eight, the challenger. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The intense protector. Their strength and assertiveness are powerfully alluring. Strength and protectiveness. You know, that can be very attractive to somebody who wants that, like a six or maybe a nine or a two. They can be very attractive. Eights have a commanding presence that can be very appealing. Think Denzel Washington, all right? Bruce Willis. I'm kind of showing my age here because I think of action heroes from the past. Their strength and protectiveness, their decisiveness, their willingness to take risks and take action. Very attractive. Uh, to people who appreciate that direct, uh, that sense of, need that sense of security. Eights often exude a powerful and direct uh, attractiveness to other people. They can be very assertive in expressing their desires and might enjoy a dynamic and intense uh, connection with, with, with another person. When I think about the archetype for the type eight attractive person, I think of, of course, the action hero, which we just mentioned a couple of them. You know, the action hero in, in a movie uh, who ends up with the girl at the end, right? Sometimes in movies, the action hero is a girl. Ends up with the guy or ends up not needing the guy. She don't need nobody. I don't need no man. I don't need no man. But think of like the mob boss. The mob boss or, you know, your cousin Vinny or your cousin Tony. You know, the tough guy uh, that's uh, very attractive to, to others. Um, I think sometimes eight women could maybe have a challenge because, you know, they're expected to be soft and, uh, you know, warm and, and eights can be all those things, but when they don't show up like a two, when their mouth gets them into trouble, I think of Carrie Heffernan on, on, uh, King or Queens, when their mouth gets them into trouble, their straightforward, direct, you know, responses get them into trouble. I think type eight women probably could be judged a little more strictly or a little more harshly than they deserve. All right, type nine, the peacemaker, the referee, the advisor, the dreamer, the easygoing idealist. What is it that's attractive about nines? Uh, it's probably their warm sweaters and their, their mug and their looking out over a lake their calm and accepting nature is quietly enchanting. Calmness and acceptance. Nines have a calming and accepting demeanor that can be very alluring. They don't want to get worked up about stuff. And they calm everybody down and bring us down. Not down, down, but down like off of our ledges. Their ability to create harmony and to understand different perspectives and allow you to have your perspective and talk about it makes them attractive to those who are seeking peace and stability. Sometimes the most volatile people, like take your, your loudest eight or your craziest seven or your most uh, dramatic four 
And who will they end up with? But the calm, beige, uh, um, loving, gentle nine. Nines might have a gentle, accepting, and unifying approach to intimate relationships. They likely seek harmony and comfort in their experiences and are very accommodating, sometimes to the point of minimizing themselves, very accommodating to their partner and their partner's needs. And so they have a way of picture framing themselves around the other person where the other person is the star and they move to the background as the companion. One of the things that nines just do well is they're very compatible people. They want to be compatible. And that can be very alluring to somebody who hasn't found a lot of compatible people out there in the dating world. When I think of the archetype, the, uh, you know, the attractive archetype of a nine, I think of the Hallmark guy. Have you guys ever watched any Hallmark movies? You know, Christmas time right now and all the Hallmark movies, right? And what's the basic storyline of every Hallmark movie is the girl from the city who's dating a three, you know, uh, leaves the business or the city behind to go back to her hometown. Uh, and she's very worried. He's not attentive. They're getting married, but he doesn't seem to care about all the details. And then she bumps into an old friend, you know, who delivers pumpkins in his flannel shirt in his old pickup truck. And guess what? Big surprise. He's a nine. He's a nine. She's a two. The boyfriend back home in the city's a three. And the guy right in front of her the whole time just happens to be an understanding, thoughtful a nine who lets her have her space and accepts her for who she is. And she falls head over heels in love with the nine and turns down the three. Uh, and, and there it is, the archetype of the nine. So I hope that this video has been fun for you. I hope it's been encouraging. All of us can be very attractive uh, in our own way. And, um, you know, I think if there's some things we can do, then we probably should. Uh, the goal in life is not necessarily to attract people to yourself, but uh, to be able to uh, have the best relationships you can with everybody possible. Some people, it may not be possible, but to have as good a relationships as you can, to open doors, uh, to build relationships, and to have the best relationships in marriage possible. So just a fun video to go through uh, every type, how you come across to others, uh, how you attract others to yourself. Thank you guys. If, if I can help you anyway, please reach out to me. I'd love to work with you. I'd love to get to know you better um, and, and help in any way I can. So reach out to me and otherwise I'll see you guys next time. Be present to life.